Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How you doing? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two for wiener. Oh, listen, Lavernius, shut your face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, welcome to the second hour. It's the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about barbecue and grilling-related items of only the most highest importance. If you missed the first hour, it was basically a 50-minute run of Rod Gray and I working through what happened in the American Royal last month. Going through some of the instant chat. Uh, this comment coming in from T and S Barbecue. Bottom line, mistakes happen. No one tried to screw anyone else, and they tried to make things right. I just want to make sure that there are a few things that are crystal clear. And I'm not saying T and S that you are intimating that I'm making a run at this edge or not. I in no way am saying that anybody is trying to screw anybody about the American Roy. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you're saying that. I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page here, that I don't think anybody was out to try and screw anybody. There was an incredible black eye, eye that was put on KCBS because of this. If you disagree with that, then I guess... We have an issue. However, make no mistake. I have no thought in my mind that anybody was looking to screw or get over on anybody. Let's just make that clear. Still to come on this show tonight, Travis Clark of Clark Crew Barbecue will be joining the show. We say good evening to those of you watching this show tonight through one of our video streaming platforms you can go to Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show. You can also watch over on YouTube, which is youtube.com slash at BBQ Central Show. And we have the YouTube poll question of the week going on. And I'm asking everybody, will you try the Jason? You're right. Somebody said it. I even pick up on it. I wish uh, Rod would have corrected me right out of the gate there. Will you try the Travis Kelsey, not Jason Kelsey? I'm sorry. That was wrong of me. I don't know if that makes everybody want to change their answer, by the way, in the first hour that voted. Did you think I meant Jason with the Eagles when I meant Travis? Obviously, I like Jason better because he was on top of mine. Will you try the Travis Kelsey branded barbecue dinners from Walmart 88% of you are currently saying no. 12% of you are saying yes. I'm aligning with the 12% of you that will try the Travis, Travis K. 
Kelsey branded barbecue dinners from Walmart. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this coming Friday, episode 307, taking you back to November 18th, 2008. This is where I would say this week we're featuring Kevin Bevington of what was then homebbq.com. However, what's really featured this week is how much I was willing to hang on for a guest instead of realizing there was a technical issue and then just punching out of the segment, trying to rebook it at a later date. Evidently, back in 2008, I was really trying to make the segment between Kevin and I happen at any and all costs. We were trying to connect through Skype initially. You'll hear that. And eventually we converted over to the phone. And it's a timely segment because we were talking about turkey prep on the barbecue pit. That particular show in 2008 as the impending Thanksgiving Day celebration was looming upon us. So be sure to click the link on the show notes. You can hear the entire interview because you're only going to get just a snippet and you're really not getting a lot of information. So if you want some old 2008, how to do a turkey on the barbecue pit information, you want to click on the link to get the entire interview. But trust me, you're going to want to do it. You can subscribe to the show by visiting thebbqcentralshow.com slash subscribe. Don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or a segment again on the show that's been lost in the archives, you can email John and let him know what you would like to hear. And that email address is john, J-O-N, at thebbqcentralshow.com. And he'll do his best to meet your expectation. So we have a few minutes. And a couple of weeks ago, the YouTube poll question of the week was in relation to our people that don't return their carts to the cart corral worse than people who don't cover their grills. That has since spawned a bunch of social media that people are posting them either not taking their carts to the cart corral and tagging me or taking their carts to the cart corral and tagging me. But it did inspire an email from Matt who says, Dear Greg, can we blow up the not returning the shopping cart to the shopping cart corral scale even further than we currently know it? Such as... If you are going to return the cart, but hand it off to somebody else, does that still count as returning the cart? The answer, of course, is yes. Your initial thought was, I'm going to go return it to the corral... Somebody else says, hey, I'm headed that way, or I'm closer. Let me take that for you. You are under the impression they're going to complete that process. Yes, you're still a decent human being. His next question was, are you a terrible person if you don't get a cart that's in the carousel, but decide to get one that's inside or art or outside? No. You're not a terrible person if you don't get a cart that's inside the carousel. Plenty of times that I go to the shopping center, I go in to the property, and I pull a cart that's waiting for me inside, but always returning it either back into the store and in line with the carts or into the car, uh, shopping cart corral. 
Next question. Let's blow it up even further. If you happen to get a stray cart on your way in, or you go out of your way to get a stray cart to return, does that exempt you from a future non-return time? Of course, the answer is no. There's no building goodwill in being a great human being. You're a great human being because you return the cart to the cart corral every single time. You're going out of your way. You're taking your cart. You see one off to the side that someone's just left dejected out in the middle of nowhere and you trot on over and you grab it. You're a great human being for doing that. Maybe you grab another one. But you can't think to yourself, if I grab three, the next one or two, if it's too far away, I can just leave it. But I've returned some in the past. That doesn't make you a great human being. That makes you a average human being at best, bordering on not great. Always return. There's no goodwill. Let's blow it up even further. Are you even more of a terrible person if you do the last 20-foot push and it ricochets off the cart? Yes. You can't do that. Well, I'm assuming, Matt, that you're talking, it ricochets off and then you see it ricochet off and you leave it going will. I mean, there's so many bad things that are going. I'm sure Doug is going mind freak right now because that's probably how his car got the ding on it that he referenced the last time he was on the show. That thing ricochets off the cart corral. Are there other cars near it? You could be causing way more damage than just not returning cart to the cart corral and being a bad human. If you can't make the 20-foot push, walk it in. That's usually a pretty wide berth. Make sure you get it in in between the uprights, pal. Does weather condition matter for proper cart return? No. Being a great human being means you do it in the rain, in the cold, in the most brutal of heat, all that stuff. There's no weather restrictions, no weather permissions that allow you to be a bad human. Finally, Aldi, Aldi, if you don't return the cart and thus don't get your 25 cents back, are you a bad person even though you're paying it forward? Yes, you're a bad person. And you're down 25 cents. You're not paying anything forward. You're lazy and Aldi has figured out we can punish the terrible human beings by charging them 25 cents if they don't bring it back. Are we square? Matt, can you now live by the cart corral doctrine that we have made on the show? Good. Travis Clark's ready to go. Before we get to Travis, I'll talk to you about Franklin Barbecue Pits. What you have... With the Franklin Barbecue Pit is a deeply thought out and refined version of the old propane style cookers that Aaron built for the restaurant. Stylistically, it reflects the bare bones, industrial, handmade aesthetic that he loves, as in the patina and the way he builds to allow the welds and the craftsmanship to shine. And look, we all know the schematics of a Texas off-style barbecue pit. Relatively simple, even if the things that are happening inside are complicated dynamics of physics and chemistry. 
There's very few moving parts, but the numerous and massive differences between Franklin Pitts and the average barbecue smoker at the big box stores are numerous. Franklin Pitts are primarily made of quarter-inch American-made steel. Anything that sees heat is engineered to be incredibly solid and should last a century or more if cared for properly. You can't overstate how important the thickness of the steel is. Guarantees professional-grade heat retention. Key to producing good barbecue. We can all agree on that. Every Franklin Pit is unique unto itself. Its own patina, natural markings, right down to its own badge number. Franklin Pits can be found at fine barbecue retail stores in select regions of the country. If you're a fan of the show and you happen to own such a store and you wish to become a certified dealer, please visit franklinbbqpits.com and fill out a dealer form to become eligible like Steve Ray did. If you're a fan of the show, you want to own a Franklin Barbecue Pit and you're 48 hours away from the nearest local dealer, you can go to franklinbbqpits.com and purchase the grill right there on the website and it'll ship right to your driveway. If you have any questions along the way, make sure you use the Contact Us link at the bottom of the website. You can always refer to YouTube or send them messages asking, how should I do this? What should I do for that? A lot of support. Plus, if you're buying from a certified dealer, they're well-educated. FranklinBBQPits.com is the place to go to either become a certified dealer, application-wise, no guarantees, or buy one. Travis Clark is next. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet, currently available in three sizes with a host of accessories. Doesn't matter if you're a beginner or a professional cooker you want to add to the arsenal. Visit pitbarrelcooker.com and tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. My guest in the second hour, by all accounts, one of the best competition cooks to ever light a pit, multiple-time KCBS Team of the Year title holder, Won most every major barbecue competition that you can win, all the while amassing quite an impressive barbecue and restaurant portfolio. You know him as the pitmaster of Clark Crew Barbecue Team and owner of the Namesake Restaurant. We are happy to welcome back Travis Clark to the show. Hey, how you doing? Travis, we have a YouTube poll question of the week that I would like to ask you before we get going here this evening, and I'm asking everybody this, and we need your express answer to this. Will you try the Travis Kelsey branded barbecue dinners from Walmart, yes or no? That's a solid no. Now, I had Rod Gray on last hour. I thought because he's a Chiefs fan, he might side. I said Jason Kelsey on accident, but he probably knew what I meant. Uh, Travis Kelsey. He, he was as quick to the no as you were. I said 
Travis Clark is going to be a hell no if I know a Travis yeah, Clark. Yeah, no. Why not? Yeah, no. Is it like we don't want to even promote the commercialization of this? You don't think he's got any hand in this? It's a cash grab? What? Yeah, it's a cash grab. He yeah. ain't cooking. I mean, I don't know. Hell, you're in town. I mean, there's a hell of a lot better barbecue I can go eat in this town than go buy something like that. I can't see why I would ever. I love going out and eating barbecue to this day, but I can't see why the hell I would ever buy that. So as I had mentioned, I had Rod Gray on during the first hour. We talked about the American Royal scoring issue. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to it or not, but you've been an elite competitor for years, and you are also winner at the Royal. On a scale of 1 to 10, how big of a deal was this in your opinion? Man, it's a 10. I mean, to me, the American Royal is the biggest contest in the world. You know, that's, that's a shining moment. I mean, it's the... Uh, you know, that's the granddaddy. I mean, it's the big deal. It's a, it's a terrible thing. You carouse with other pit masters. Do you hear anything or was there anything told to you in your circles about either the event itself or how this whole thing has shook out over the last handful of weeks? You know, I, I think we all had the same questions. You know, how the hell's the team get listed on there that wasn't there? You know, how does this happen? How does this happen? I think they came out and explained it. Uh, honestly, I mean, I don't think, I don't think they're lying about anything. Um, I, I hope that all the things happen where this can't happen again. You know, it's, it's terrible. I, I think, I think the thing that they're not talking about that, that, that helped this to happen is the fact that most of the people there had never handled the American role. It's a new staff. Those reps haven't done it. I mean, that's a, you know, a lot of the people that have had a lot of experience in a lot of years, you know, think of the Karen Murphys. I think a lot of people don't know what Karen did for years, you know, but Jesus, I mean, she was instrumental in it, you know, for years and years and years. And a lot of those people that were there, I think, I think that just helped create that perfect storm, you know, that, that, you know, you take experience out of it. That's the one thing you can't teach is experience. Unless I you know? misunderstood or misheard Rod, because I asked him if he thought that there was inexperience, uh, at this Royal versus last, he said that the, the people that were there rep wise were, you know, year and a half, uh, old or more as far as experience in there. Yeah. But I mean, have you handled the Royal like that? I mean, I mean, like I said, I said, I think ripping a 30 team contest or ripping a 500 team contest is a different deal, but the American Royal people, that's a new staff. I mean, you don't, that's a completely new staff. Everybody there. I mean, that's, I think, you know, I'm not saying they get a pass on it, but I, I think that's just, I think it's a learning moment for them, um, for a chance to get better at it all. I mean, I, I think any of us, I think would do anything we could do to make sure it doesn't happen again. You know, I don't know what that would be, but I mean, I think we're all willing to do it. How was your Royal this year? You know, I thought I cooked a hell of a lot better than what we got scores for, but I mean, that's, that happens to a lot of us, you know? Yeah. I, I gave a, Eric Lee shit. I was like, Jesus, you didn't even show up and you beat me in ribs. That's, that's brutal, you know, <laughs> with fire dancer, but you know, eh, you know, I had a good cook. It's just one of those deals. I think we finished 40th one day, 90th another, you know, it is what it is. How many contests did you get in this year? I think 12 counting, counting the Royal. So you have a lot of irons in the fire at this point, but do you miss <sighs> running the events back in the years when you were ripping team of the year titles? I do and I don't. I mean, I miss seeing all the people. You know, I miss uh, like this week. 
I think it was eight years ago, we were running into Florida. And you know, Christine Qualls put it up that we were all running to Florida chasing for points. You know, I remember it was chaos. I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I mean, I think it's what built everything I have now. You know, I, I enjoyed it. It's it's not as fun to me now as what it used to be. Is it not as fun to you because you have other interests? No, I'm not saying that you weren't interested in other things yeah. when you were doing it, but I mean, yeah. you obviously have yeah, some other just, things. Yeah, I mean that, but I mean, it's barbecue's just not the same. You know, I mean, KCBS barbecue, I mean, and I don't think just them, I think everybody's has just dropped off. You know, I mean, they, they keep the numbers up there. Everybody's like, oh, they sanction just as many contests, you know. Okay, take the one meat categories out of it, take chicken out of it, and take ribs out of it that they're counting, and your fucking numbers have dropped a shitload. You know, it's, and team participation just ain't there. And, you know, it's without seeing those same teams out there a lot, you know, I mean, it, you most people like to go and cook with their friends. And, you know, most of the people I cooked with a lot, you know, a lot of them just ain't cooking anymore or, or they're cooking a whole lot less, you know, only cooking a couple events a year. You know, it's just, I don't know. To me, I mean, I put my priorities elsewhere now, I guess. Did we just see a, a phase in popularity? It wasn't something that was going to sustain. Uh, let's compare it to the, the COVID of, you know, barbecue happened, yeah. you know, benefited from COVID. Do you think that there was just a run of it being on television? Yeah. People were inspired. They got into I, it and then they got out. Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, I think when we really seen it going crazy is when you had pitmasters on TV and you had the Sam's Club events going on. The excitement that was behind those events, have I haven't really seen anything exciting like that or the King of the Smoker. I mean, you just had high profile events and that people really went to and tried to get in. I mean, I can remember you just couldn't get into one. You know, you couldn't get signed up and get into one. Everyone was like, damn, you know, I didn't get into that one. I'm going to have to go to Louisiana. But but people did it. You know, you don't see anything exciting like that. You know, I think that's what KCBS was hoping their invitational would be, and it's not. You know, hell, they got to beg people to go to that thing. It's not, it doesn't have the same buzz. I, I hope over time, that maybe it'll grow to that. I would love to see KCBS put on a series of events like that, you know, like what Sam's club was. I, I know, I know they've had several things in store and have talked about it and stuff. I, I hope something like that comes to fruition. I think that, I think that was a very exciting time in barbecue. I think it kind of peaked, you know, and it got up there and a lot of people were cooking events. A lot of people were talking about it. I mean, you just a buzz on the street, but I don't think, I don't think we as KCBS did a good job of capturing that. How, how are you going to get somebody to put money in and sponsors and do that and you do nothing for it? I mean, we, we have these events and people show up, you know, and everybody's there and they're excited. And what's the one thing everybody wants? Barbecue. What's the one thing they can't get at one? Barbecue. You got a fucking snow cone machine over there. You know, it blows my mind. It's like, oh, so you can come here and get a snow cone, but you can't get barbecue. That, that makes a shitload of sense. You know, I just think as events, I think that's a problem. You know, I mean, if you're trying to create the buzz and you're trying to get people behind it, you got to promote that. You know what I mean? It's not easy when people like me, I'm, I'm as bad as anybody, you know, we've all gotten porch trailers, you know, we're not out there at that deal, but you know, who says that, that we shouldn't be setting events up where, you know, there was a contest down here in Oklahoma, Qualls had porch trailers backed up and all the people walked between them. You know, it was just like people funneled between them. It was, you know, that was a cool event. You know, that was, you know, I think there's a way to do it to get the public in it. You know, I mean, have some people do some demos, do something. 
you know, any good team out there that understands KCBS needs this, I mean, it ain't got to be a top team, but just a team that understands barbecue that goes, we need to do more to help it. You know, if KCBS was like, hey, can you do demos at this thing? More people than not, if they're asked, would do it. Hmm. We all want barbecue to get better. You know, how how do we do that? But how are you going to get somebody to give you money? If they came to me and they said, Travis, we want you to donate $50,000, you know, Clark Crew Barbecue, or out of your green turtle. We want you to do it out of your sports bars and put it to barbecue and do this. First thing I'm going to ask is, what am I going to get out of it? And a, and a barbecue contest has nothing to offer. You know, we we don't have it to where people can come out. It's in most places, it's just a second nature. I think KCBS should have, I think we should have a position with somebody that that helps people develop contests. They say, that's not our job. You know, we we just sanction them. We do that. Well, you know what? If you don't help these people grow them, you're going to have shit to sanction. <laughs> I mean, they're going to go away. Nobody wants to see a contest be here a year and go away. You know, I mean, great contests like like Washington D.C. Man, they got you know they got their shit together. They change people, but they got sponsors. But they bring out people. Mm. They bring out a lot of people. Now their music down there sucks. The music we were by, I'm not gonna tell you, it's bad. It's shit. They call it go go music. That shit's horrible. But they had a hell of a turnout of people. You know, and and you see events. You know, I think back east, I think they do a pretty good job of that. I think out here in the Midwest, we're not good about it. You know, you and when we do have a bunch of people out, the first thing they're asking is, where we get barbecue? Where we get a plate of food? Where we do this? You know, we end up giving away. I think this year we gave away our food at every single contest, mm. you know, to people just to do, but you're really not supposed right. to. But I mean, I think if they, you know, could get a sponsor, so go buy, go buy $400 worth of pork. You could feed people $5 pork sandwiches and they're going to be happy. You know, find somebody to do it. You know, there's, if we don't find a way to get the public out there, you're not going to get money. If you're not going to get money, you're going to have all these shitty contests that are out there all over the country, a $2,500 contest with 15 teams at them. Did you, you see know, I, we, Did you see the famous Dave's uh, series that was launched this year that was traveling around? Uh, Any thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they tried to, uh, to kind of do the same thing as like the Sam's Club. It just, you know, trying to cram that in a little parking lot at a restaurant and stuff is going to be. It's going to be tough. You know, you're not going to get, you know, but I, I mean, uh, I mean, I give them the credit for trying, you know. Any outlook for your 2024 contest schedule, at least for the first half? Oh, man, my first half is going to be <laughs> not good. We're, uh, we're opening a new restaurant in March. We're hoping for March, a new Clark crew up in Tulsa. And then we're bringing one of our sports bars uh, from the East coast. We're going to bring one to Norman, Oklahoma, and we're hoping that'll be around April. So first part of my year is just, uh, do you still feel like you can roll into a contest and win no matter what? Yeah. Fuck yeah. The day that I, uh, the day that I don't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cook anymore. If I didn't feel like I could cook with anybody in the country, I mean, I, I wouldn't do it anymore. I, w- I would never go out again if I didn't feel like I had a chance leaving my house. I mean, I, I feel like we get a little rusty, you know, go out and doing it, but you know, hell, we still average a six ninety five this year. You know, I mean, that's shit i mean the day that i'm not competitive anymore i'll never i'll lose the desire to do it i promise you i saw look as i mentioned to rod never competed in my life never judged never done any of that shit just talk to you guys and gals it seemed to me there was a lot of 700 plus scores this season is that a testament to how the good how good the cooks are or that something else not not necessarily i i did a contest this year um 
that was fucked up from day one. They, you know, as a 15 team contest, they seated four tables at it. You know, that little mandated seating chart says that you should have two tables at a deal like that. First year KCBS contest, you know, and they, they did enough to get 15 teams and it's an hour from the house here. So we went and cooked it. Good event. They really tried, but seating four tables. I told them, I was like, half the field here is going to score 700. And they're like, oh, no, that didn't have nothing to do with this. I said, you fucking mark my words. Half you people are going to score 700s. And I think uh, I think it was six or seven of the teams of wow. 15 scored a 700. Most of them never had. Well, that's because when you're putting a small uh, amount of food in front of people, for them, no matter what, in your head, when, when you have seven deals of food, you're comparative judging. You know, they're going, that wasn't as good as that one. That wasn't as good as that one. Well, when you're giving these people three samples, fuck everything's good you know they they're they're there i mean it, it's all good and it, and it happens you know and i know like mark gibbs and those guys they did you know studies on this shit back then that's when they were all saying you know this is how many teams you should have this is those guys ain't fucking stupid i mean they went through and they put the time into it and did it kcbs talked to all of us what's your guys's thoughts we we went through all the shit back in 2014 2015 i guess 16 talking to him about that and and then you just go through and do it and you ask the reason why well we had too many judges hmm. yeah i mean that's a that's kind of the same thing what kcbs is saying at the royal you know when you should have had 34 35 tables and we seat 50 that's frustrating that that's the answer i mean why don't you tell me that before i spend 1500 bucks to sign up that you're going to seat anybody that shows up to judge well, I mean, okay, look, let me ask a question because obviously I'm a dope when it comes to this because I asked Rod about that and there was a there's some there's a case to be a seating chart like it's out there that says yeah, and, and look, I mean I can do the math he said it didn't it doesn't account for a 211 teams but you can you know go all the way down to the bottom and then yeah, you, you can, can go to 50 and, go. and you can yeah so that's where that's where <laughs> you, you come get a up calculator with the and you divide by six it's not hard math so you know but, you can sit there and figure it out but the question is like why does that matter why does it matter yeah from, so from like if, if you're if you're sitting that many judges it, to, to, to a, me to from what cook, rod, to most cooks from what i got to, to most from, cooks. yes but what what i got the answer that i got from rod to me it seemed like that. Who cares? Wasn't that big of a deal? Yeah. Well, that that's his opinion. You know, my opinion is it is a big deal, and I think most cooks will tell you it's a big deal when you're seating sixteen more tables and you're doing that. You're you're increasing the odds of worse tables. You're increasing the odds of of, of better tables. You're diluting the field. You, you no matter what, you're diluting it. You like your odds of one in thirty four. You like your odds of one in fifty. If you're betting a million fucking dollars, which one do you like? One in thirty four every day. Fucking a right. I mean, it's the same thing. It, it's fucking simple, but nobody wants to say that all we give a shit about is seating all the judges that show up. I've had fucking reps tell me that. I mean, that's what they give a shit about. Well, we had a bunch of reps and by God, we were going to seat them. That shouldn't be the answer, you know, but I mean, I'm not saying cooks ain't to blame for some of that. That, that leads way back. You can go back and say, if you sign up early enough to a contest, so a, a rep and them know that the guy putting on the contest knows that he needs 35 judges, you know, and maybe he can bring 40, but they don't, you know, people are waiting to the last minute to sign up to these events, yeah. you know, so they're just flooding it. I mean, that's, so that, that's a problem on a deal too. So, I mean, you got to kind of see it both ways, but I, I, I think, I think you got to do your best to get it a close number is what it should, you know, and to me, if you got a 15 team contest, you should seat two tables, you know, everybody's hitting the same two tables instead of four. Cause hell, what, what was weird is 
I won three of my four tables, beat the guy that won the contest on the table that we went head to head. He didn't win his tables, yet he wins the contest by 10 points. It does that because you're not hitting the same tables. That's what narrowing it down would do. You know, they went through, they ran all them numbers. That's when they wrote this thing and said, hey, this is what it should be, but we don't follow it. Well, I mean, that doesn't make sense to me. Do you see a point in the future where you make another run at team of the year? No. No. I do not. You know talent when you see it, Travis. How good and yeah. potentially underappreciated is Brad Leininger? I think Brad is, I mean, statistically, he's the best cook to ever done it. I mean, I, I put Brad as one of the top five cooks of all time. I think on the, on the deal, on paperwork that they're saying for the new Hall of Fame or whatever, I think it puts him at number one. Brad's a great cook. I said... You can ask Sterling Ball, anybody. I said for years, when Tim and Brad were out there first on drums back in 2015 and we were going to head-to-head, me and Tim, uh, I think we wound up one and no, – it wasn't 17, one and two. I told him, I was like, Tim's a better cook when they're drinking. When Tim can drink and win, <laughs> that guy has a palate that's unbelievable. I've seen him. He came into my trailer at a contest one day. I tried his food. He's like, what do you think of that? I was like, it's not very fucking good. You know, the dude gets in my spice box <laughs> – grabs a whole bunch of my stuff, grinds it up in a deal, puts it on his food. He's like, how about now? And I was like, holy shit, that's really good. You know, I mean, his palate of finishing at the end. Mm. And I always told Brad, and I I'd told it to Brad, and I'd said it to everybody else. I said, if Brad didn't drink at a contest and took it serious, he'd, he'd kick the shit out of a lot of us. Mm. And when Brad quit drinking, Brad got much better. Can I uh, hold you over for another segment? We'll talk about business. Yeah. All right. Stand by. We're talking with Travis Clark from Clark Crew Barbecue. We'll talk about uh, the restaurant, the new locations going up, and then that green turtle that he's mentioned a couple different times. See what that's all about. Moving it out to the Midwest. Oh, I guess that's, what is that, the Plains? West? Whatever. Uh, remember, in Cleveland, we're classified as the Midwest. <laughs> Whatever. Listen up, gang. Our friends at Big Papa Smokers have something especially just for you. Listeners of this show, whether you're a seasoned pit master like Travis Clark or a grilling newbie, Big Papa's your one-stop online shop for all things barbecue from their championship rubs, mouth-watering sauces, essential accessories. They've got what you need to make your food and taking it to the next level, either on the competition circuit or just in your backyard. doesn't matter. Here's the cherry on top. Big Papa Smokers offering the listeners of the Barbecue Central show an exclusive deal. Use the code REMPE, R-E-M-P-E, at checkout. You'll get $10 off your next purchase of $50 of rub, sauces, or accessories, or combination. Imagine the possibilities. Evaluate your ribs with Big Papa's sweet money. Add Big Papa's desert gold to your chicken or vegetables. It's delicious. Better yet, Pick up Big Papa's Double Secret to add to your steak. Head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com and start shopping today. And don't forget to use code REMPE, R-E-M-P-E, at checkout to claim your $10 off your next order of $50 or more. Also, don't forget to check out Big Papa's full line of recipes at CookingWithBigPapa.com. And, of course, follow them on social media if you're lucky enough to be allowed to follow Big Papa or Sterling or both on social. Worth the follow. We're back with more Travis Clark 
right after this. Stick around. Be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. And this portion brought to you by Aladino. Look, you know I'm all about the Corojo Reserve Alignment. But if you're following me on social, you know they sent me a box of their Aladino Classics. Tried one the other day. If you're in the medium body, medium flavor, premium hand roll cigars, this is the one for you. I also got a pair of the new Sumatra cigars, but I'm just sampling those on my own because I only got two. Here's a fun fact. Both of them, the Classics and the Sumatras, are Honduran Puros because all the tobacco is grown in Honduras, but... As opposed to the Reserva, I'm trying blends with Corojo and Habano tobaccos in them. Bottom line, would I take a box of Reservas every day of the week? Yes. But trying out different blends from the Aroa family demonstrates our expertise in mastering hard-to-grow tobacco varieties and then blending them into a smoking experience that is second to none. As always, if you want a pair of Aladino Classics this time around, you can go ahead and shoot me an email, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, and I'll hook you up. Otherwise, find a retailer near you by visiting jretobacco.com. Uh, drives you into a premium hand-rolled cigars? Man, I've never even smoked a cigarette or chewed in my life. No, I'm not talking about that nonsense. I'm talking about real elitist <laughs> premium hand-rolled cigars, buddy. I I would die. I, I, I can't do really? it. Really? You don't inhale no, these. You just savor the tobacco. You blow it out. You're not inhaling. I do the same thing with bubble gum. I just fucking savor it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then uh, no free cigars for Travis Clark is what I'm getting. Yeah, no, you keep mine. You keep All right, mine. I'll smoke yours and I'll enjoy it. So People give me nice ones once in a while and I, I just stick them in my office or something send them send them over to me uh the other part of travis clark that has emerged over the last handful of years is the business guy travis clark so you have the clark crew barbecue restaurant in oklahoma city of course which is the flagship portion and that's a i don't want to sound like i'm showing all of my ass here but that was originally like a venture with you and was it Famous Days? But then yep, uh, yep. over time, you bought them out of it, and now you're yep. full owner. Um, yeah. How how is uh, that? Yeah. How has that life for you grown over the years? Uh, it has grown unbelievable. You know, I I partnered with them, to, uh, thinking I would learn the restaurant industry, and I did learn a lot of valuable things from them. And it reached a point when when it was just time for me to move on, you know, and and do the bigger and better things that I wanted to do. Um, it was just different kind of restaurants. You know, there was just, I think they could learn as much from me as I could learn from them. Mm. We, uh, we had the opportunity to do it. Uh, partnered with a friend of mine, uh, Geo Conception. He, uh, used to be the COO of Famous Dave's, uh, when I first started there, he left to take over the green turtles, you know, and he, he reached out to me. He's like, you know, we could get the band back together and do this. And, 
And, and we did, I, you know, so I, I bought it back from famous Dave's partnered with them and it has just grown and it's really just been unbelievable the last couple of years. You mentioned you're going to be putting another one in Tulsa. Is that correct? Yep, Tulsa. We're working on it right now. Uh, just waiting on the city to approve the drawings. I mean, the drawings are in, we're just waiting on that to get going. We thought we would be already. I mean, it's completely gutted down to four walls and smokers uh all the old hickories are done uh the m&m smoker guys are working on my big rotisserie in texas it should be done this month um equipment's ordered i mean we're really ahead of the game we're just waiting on permits to get rolling why does tulsa get tapped to be the next location and not somewhere else in oklahoma you know oklahoma is not a lot of big towns it's the second largest city here i mean it's kind of the opposite side of the state you know we're more of the western side that's the northeast corner it's another big town, you know, it just, uh, really in Oklahoma, I mean, that's really all you have is two big towns, Oklahoma city in there, you know, cause Oklahoma city, you got Edmond, every, everything's just kind of looped together. That's the second big, big area, big population area. So what kind of a distance is between the flagship location and the one in Tulsa? It, it's about an hour and 45 minutes from oh, door to door. Yeah, so no big deal. You know, so no, nah, so we can, we can kind of hit back and forth. We can, have the stores help each other with catering. That's something that's just blown up for us. Mm. Should give us pretty much statewide coverage, you know, so it's going to be, it's going to be a great store. It was an old Fuddruckers, you know, it was a good location right in front of a super target, right by the movie theater, right by the mall. Mm. I think it's going to be a great spot. You hear the old adage of working on your business and not in it. And I had heard Darren Worth on a podcast number of months ago. It was really uh, eye-opening, inspiring to a certain degree to where he said when he got starting with Iowa Smokey D's restaurant that he built it from the beginning with him and Sherry not included in the business. So whether they were there or not, the success was not predicated on Darren or sharing being in day-to-day operations. I thought that was genius. Uh, That's also why I don't get in the restaurant. How do you uh, tussle with working on the business versus working in it. I, uh, I'm a very hands-on owner. I probably wasn't as smart as Darren right off. I, <laughs> I'm in mine a lot. I, you know, I done doing a lot of the drawings and engineering on the new one. You know, I'm very hands-on with that stuff. I've been in contracting my whole life. Um, I, you know, Darren told me I, I right off, I was like, I can't wait just to be in there in the smokehouse and do this. I put this great stereo system in there and a big screen TV so I could watch football thinking I'd be in there. And I was early on, and now it's to to run the business. If I'm in the smokehouse running that all day, we have problems elsewhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot. I, I better be buying brisket for three months ahead of now. You know, I need there's other things I need to be doing to learn the business. And I mean, I think the first year is unreal how much we did in sales, and we just didn't make money. You know, and it's like, how are we not? You know, it's just there's so much to run in the business that I wasn't doing that we had to learn. And as, as I, I mean, it was a learning process for me, for sure. You know, and I'm still learning every single day, And but I've got a great team now. I cannot be at my restaurant. I'm flying out in the morning for Maryland. I could not be there for a week and those guys are going to just crush it. I mean, they're doing a, they're doing a badass job. And that was something that I didn't have the first year and a half that this restaurant was open. I didn't have a team like that. You've mentioned green turtles a couple different times. What is it yeah. and what are you looking to do growing? So... The Green Turtles, uh, my buddy Gio became the CEO of them. And, you know, he's been a top 40, uh, top 40 under 40 CEO a couple of times now. He's, uh, 
he's talented. He's a hell of a businessman. He did Wick, Wexford Capital. You know, he's had a background in it. So I've always trusted the guy in that and his knowledge. He got into those, told me about them in history. They started in 1976, Ocean City, Maryland. Some guys started them, and, and then they really didn't do much with them. You know, they grew and expanded, but didn't put a lot of money back into them. What we're doing now is some remodels and some new stores closing some of the old old ones that wasn't doing good and doing the new ones. And what you're seeing is the sales are, are double or triple. They're just doing really good. We actually just opened up uh, two sports books out there. The only two places you can bet uh, in the state of Maryland are at our restaurants that ate at a casino. You know, they're in, we have the, they did seven licenses and we have the first two and we're the only ones open. Huge learning process on that, but it's a neat deal. You know, it's just uh, something that's something Geo headed up to. You know, you just I stand back and just give the thumbs up and away he goes. Man. Is that just like a money making machine then when you have a sports book? They do well. <laughs> they do very well. You know, you get a you just get a set percentage of, of how that works. You just get a set percentage of the handle. You know, they bet hundred grand you get X amount of dollars, yep. you know. So you don't have any money at risk on it. You know, it's uh but they're good. They're good. You know, he's a, he's one of those guys when you sit back and they're talking about spending money on something like that, you know. I trust him 100%, you know, and, and whenever I say I'm getting ready to, you know, spend $3 million to redo a store in Tulsa to do an end of this, he's like, have at it, man. Just do it. You know, I mean, it's – he trusts me. I trust him, and that's where it works great. You know, it's just – it works. So you're bringing the green turtle into yeah. Oklahoma? Yeah. So we partnered We partnered this year with Bill Ackman. I don't know if you know him, uh, Pershing Square, Fortune 400 billionaire. We partnered him, you know, so that was kind of for us validating what we're doing in uh, in these sports books, you know, for a guy like that to step in and be like, I want in, you know, so we're, uh, I was like, I don't understand why they're only on the East Coast. I was like, it's a better sports bar than anything we have out here. <laughs> I was like, why? And they're like, well, hell, I don't know. It's just where they are. And I was like, well, I want one. I want one, you know, <laughs> I want to do one. So I found a good location. It's uh it was a Logan's Roadhouse in Norman down there, you know, and I was just thinking it'd be a great spot. OU's building a new sports facility there for their basketball. <laughs> it's all right there. Great building, great bones. It's a, it's just a damn good building. So the first one not on the East Coast is coming out this way. Just got the key Friday. So are all of the locations that are currently built uh, core stores or are they franchised? No, there's franchise ones also. Yeah. Okay. We have, uh, there's corporate ones. We have franchise ones and we have, um, some that we just manage also corporately manage for people, you know, that had a franchise store, didn't want to do it. And now we just manage them too. So we have some of those, but we're going to look into getting into more franchising and stuff like that. I think that's the goal is just, you know, if we can prove these work other than just uh, on the East coast, which I'm excited to bring one. I'm, I'm as excited as I am to bring another Clark crew They're I love them. They're fun. It's so much easier than barbecue. You know, you, people don't understand, you know, you cook barbecue, you know, you cook a hundred briskets, you have to sell a hundred briskets. You know, when you come in and you're going to do 500 burgers, I cook exactly 500 burgers. You cook them as people do them. Barbecue's all got to be done. You cross your fingers and go, Jesus, I hope everybody shows up. You know, it's, it's stressful, but, but I love doing barbecue. I still do. But the sports bar thing is just another mix to us where we, I know me and my wife, we feel like we're not just putting all our eggs in one basket. You know, we're, kind of branching out and getting into it. And and it's, you know, I mean, uh, if you could have a $5 million sports bar, it's more profitable than a $10 million barbecue restaurant. You know, it's just, 
you know, how do you, how do you juggle your time? And my thing is, is I would never do one out here if I didn't think that I could operate it as good or as better than anybody else, you know? So, I mean, I think I got enough time that we're going to do it. My wife's going to be very helpful in it too. And I mean, she understands the things I look at. She's as bad as me. We go somewhere. She's like, we have a light bulb out. You know, she's, she's as bad as me, you know? So I I think it's going to be great. I'm super excited to do it. And it's just, uh, I don't know. You just, when you get an opportunity and you're partnered with people that, that you like and you trust and then they're business savvy also, I mean, to me, to be able to learn from someone that's a, you know, like Bill, uh, Bill Ackman, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. to be able to learn from a guy like, you know what that guy's seen? I mean, the guy lost more money than I heard in my life yeah. just on Netflix, you know, and he's like, oh, well, you win some, you lose some. Jesus, it crippled me, you know what I mean? It'd be done. So, I mean, it's, it's exciting to, you know, I mean, to have that validation that, hey, you're on the right track or somebody believes in you, you know, and we just, uh, just keep going and try to make them better. You know, I'll go through a bunch of stores this weekend. And I mean, that's, the goal I have in mind, no matter what, is just how do we get better today? You know, how do we get better? How do we do better than we did yesterday? And that's just always been my goal in the restaurants. Let me change it up for the next couple of minutes here, take it in a different direction. You've been coming on the show a long time. We've covered a lot of topics over your appearances. You've always seemed to be a guy who's burned hot for you know lack of a better descriptor when it comes to anything barbecue related. But over the past few years, you appear... To have become happier or appreciative of things that are going on in your life where before wasn't necessarily getting that impression. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I've never been happier in my life than I am right now. I mean, I, I'm just, I don't know. I've never been happier. What have you found? I, uh, my wife would be probably the biggest thing I'd tell you. My, my wife, uh, changed my life. I mean, it was, uh, truly met my, my other part, you know, I mean, just, uh, she's my better half, damn sure my better half, but she's just, uh, everything. She's supportive of anything I do. If I said, Hey, we're going to go down to Norma tonight at midnight and go ahead and sweep out that floor. She'd be like, all right, let me get some brooms. You know, no fucking questions asked. I mean, just, she's just, uh, she's a true teammate, helpful, you know, uh, not chasing for points in, in barbecue. We enjoy barbecue more. We got a bigger, better trailer that we can take our dogs and stay in and, Hell, we've made them vacations, you know. Me and my son drove it out to D.C. and and just had a freaking blast. Just me and Coop, the girls flew out, and me and him stayed in Walmart parking lots and went inside and bought shit we shouldn't. And just, I mean, we just had fun. You know, I was never in that position before. You know, I mean, before I had a full-time job, if I was going to D.C., I'd have drove straight through, cooked that damn thing, and been saying, you got to move them fucking cars so I can get out of here now. I got to get my ass back to work. You know, it was just wasn't fun like that, you know, running hard. I don't regret it. It's just, uh, now we can be a little more selective. We don't have to go cook. You know, we, we did one where we went up in Wyoming and then stayed a week in Yellowstone and then went over and cooked in South Dakota and showed my wife all the black Hills. Yeah. Give me some music. Sorry That's about what I'm that. Talking about. I like it. It's like <laughs> leading up to this moment. And then we went to Sturgis and I showed her where we were going to go this year. I was like, yeah, this is where it is. You can see it before everybody's here. I'd have never been able to do that. You know, it's just, I enjoy it more now. I I really enjoy the helping cooks. I I get so many people asking that want to get into it and I'm trying to be encouraging of them and, and help them. I mean, hell, I was at a contest this year and Kurt, you know, hell he's running hard, you know, finished in the what top five, top 10 in KCBS. I don't know, top five, whatever he was. Hell, I showed him how to turn wings. I would have never went in somebody's trailer if it wasn't 
Darren or Brad's or somebody like that and showed them how to trim something. You know, hell, I cooked, you know, I trimmed Donnie Teal's chicken for him at the Royal this year. Old me would have never done that. I would have been like, nope, figure it out. And I would have learned how to, hmm. you know, make sure I could, and hell, he beat me with him, you know, <laughs> but I, I'm just having more fun doing it now. I get so many people call and ask questions. I answer it for them. I want to see, I want to see barbecue grow. I just don't know if I'll personally ever cook a lot. I, I hope to say I cook eight to 10 a year. Hmm. I mean, that would be ideal. Yeah. Travis Clark yeah. is joining us here on the show. You can find him at ClarkCrewBBQ.com. Does Green Turtle have a website, too? Is it GreenTurtle.com or something like that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. It is. All right. Good the enough. Green Turtle. It's got, a, it's got an E on it, but you have to check them out. They're cool. Super cool. You a uh, jellied canned cranberries guy at Thanksgiving, or are you fresh cranberries guy? I'm kind of a fresh guy. We don't do a lot of it because my other kids, but I'm kind of a fresh guy. But yeah. We're doing two Thanksgivings this year. I think we're on Thanksgiving Day. I think we're just doing steaks. Oh. And then our big family deal is on the weekend. We'll do all the turkey and the hams and all that stuff. It's on the weekend. So, Travis, always appreciate the time you've given to the show over the years and uh, the camaraderie that we have. Uh, it's it's been Absolutely. my pleasure, of course, and uh, nothing but continued success. Look to have you on again soon. I appreciate it, man. Have a good one. Travis Clark right there. Multiple time KCBS team of the year winner, multiple time GC, RGC, individual segments. Wins a lot is basically what I'm saying. But we knew this. All right, let's go ahead and get ready to wrap up the show. And while we were a little behind the clock through the first hour, it looks like we've caught up nicely here, so we should be able to get out on time. Stick around. We'll be right back. Let's get back to a guy who has more experience giving you his opinion than he actually has cooking. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. And we thank Travis Clark for joining us on the show. ClarkCrewBBQ.com is the barbecue restaurant website. It looks like a green turtle, G-R-E-E-N-E turtle.com. If I was hearing him right, is the sports bar that he's bringing from the East Coast over to Norman. So if you're on the East Coast and you've been there, good for you. Sounds like they're a hoot. And maybe they'll be expanding through the Midwest and the general West. All the way out to the far left, the north and south. Who knows? I mean, with Travis, and it sounds like he's made some pretty great relationships with very successful people. Growth could be inevitable. Hey, all the way back in the first hour, it was Rod Gray, CEO of the Kansas City Barbecue Society, talking about the 2023 American Royal and associated scoring issue that happened there, the Open. KCBS.us, the website. Second hour, Travis Clark, if you're just tuning in. First hour will be available tomorrow, so if you missed the Rod Gray interview, you can get it tomorrow. Second hour will be on Thursday, best of on Friday. Big show planned for you next week. Uh, it's going to be a origin story of Robert Moss. He's a 2023 Barbecue Central Show's guest Hall of Famer. So we'll get the Robert Moss origin story in hour number one, and then hour number two is booked out as well. So looking forward to that. So 
How Do I Always Leave You? September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Brempe. Good night now. This is Chris Payne from Euclid, Ohio, and you are listening to Barbecue Central.